welcome to the Everyday Neuro podcast series. I'm your host, Dr. Janine Cooper, and I'm aiming to provide you with the knowledge and inspiration to understand the fascinating world of the human brain. This is the first podcast of 2019, and for many of us, the start of the year often prompts us to project into the future and about what we'd like to achieve over the next 12 months. Maybe you have already considered your future self and what hopes and desires you have, how you might go about achieving such goals, and also what that would mean to you physically, mentally, socially, and emotionally. What might be less considered is how you might go about implementing such goals and the best way to achieve them. Well, fear not, that's the topic of this Everyday Neuro podcast episode. Whether you want to aim to achieve a healthier lifestyle or lose weight, learn a new skill or even quit a disruptive or unhealthy habit, then understanding about goals, how to implement them and what will help you to maximize the opportunity to fulfill them will be covered in today's show. So let's start by defining a goal as any idea or intention that provides the desired future outcome. What is key to goal setting is that it requires you to project your thoughts in time and imagine a future self, action or scenario. In essence, this requires the use of episodic foresight, a term created by Thomas Suddendorf, although a variety of expressions have been used as he mentions in his 2010 article, Episodic Memory versus Episodic Foresight, Similarities and Differences, a link to which is in the show notes of this episode. The ability to mentally project yourself into the future is a very interesting task and one that apparently appears around the age of about four or five years. Similarly, this coincides with the loss of developmental amnesia, otherwise described as an inability of infants and very young children to recall detailed memories involving the self. Although the process of future projection and recollection of past events involving the self, also known as autobiographical recall, may both involve episodic memory, the engagement of the brain regions appears to differ between these abilities. If you'd like to know more about autobiographical memory, then I cover this topic in great detail in episode 8 of this podcast series. So back to the brain regions. Well, in relation to episodic foresight, Okada and colleagues in 2003, using functional magnetic resonance imaging, or fMRI, found that areas in the anteromedial frontal pole and medial temporal lobe showed greater activity when people were imagining future events than when they were asked to remember past events. So to help us interpret this, let's have a go at placing these regions in the brain. The anteromedial frontal pole refers to an area in the frontal lobe of the brain, so just behind your forehead and in front of your ears. If you'd like more information about the lobes, then I cover this in episode one of the podcast series. So the term antero refers to anterior, so the front part of the frontal lobe, and medial refers to the middle core area. So relatively speaking, If you place your finger between your eyebrows and move it up vertically to the middle of your forehead, behind the skull will be the anteromedial frontal pole. 
In regards to function, this area is associated with theory of mind, planning and self-referent thought. As for the other area, the medial temporal lobe, a region that is considered to be all about the encoding and the recollection of long-term memory, I provide anatomical directions of how to locate it in episode one and the podcasts about memory. So, as stated by Suddendorf in his article on page 101, episodic memory, together with other memory systems, may hence provide the vocabulary for episodic foresight. Humans can recursively combine and recombine basic elements into novel scenarios and evaluate these in terms of their likelihood, desirability and so forth. It seems that to be able to formulate or set goals, we need to be able to have episodic foresight and potentially discern reality from fantasy, but more about that later. Goals can be intrinsic or extrinsic in nature, whereby the former refers to satisfaction of human needs such as affiliation, personal growth and belonging to a group or a community. In contrast, the latter refers to external signs of worth, such as those concerning the attainment of fame and wealth. So perhaps now let's have a think about your goals. Which do they reflect? Are they intrinsic or extrinsic? The research shows, as discussed in a 2015 article by Jonas Remnero and Nicholas Tonek, that when the focus is heavily based on extrinsic compared to intrinsic goals, then there is more links to depression, anxiety and negative mood. There's also been some research to suggest that individuals who only strive to reach extrinsic goals have received a more controlling style of child rearing than those that have a balance between wanting extrinsic as well as intrinsic aims. So what does that mean for you if your goals are purely extrinsic? Well, it could mean that even when you achieve them, you may still feel like you have not gained the so-called happiness or fulfillment that you thought you might feel. Rather, if your goals are extrinsic, so for example, you may have a desire to earn more money, well, perhaps also focus on how you may use that wealth to connect with family and friends and use it to make others feel great. Thereby, you're setting an intrinsic goal to make others feel good that is also linked to the extrinsic one of earning more money. That way, there is a greater balance and also an increased likelihood that you'll feel more fulfilled by attaining your goals. So this increased experience of well-being that we feel when we achieve a goal is created by a release of the neurotransmitter dopamine. If you remember from podcast seven, where I talk about stress and anxiety, dopamine acts as an activating chemical messenger in certain regions of the brain. When we achieve a goal, dopamine is rapidly produced to make us feel alert and excited, prompting us to learn that the activity that we've just performed is one that should be repeated. Hence, dopamine is a feel-good neurotransmitter. And in order to keep dopamine at a good balance level, try not to set yourself huge goals that you are unlikely to achieve. So let's have a look at this in more detail. Try to create to-do lists that contain smaller achievements towards the larger goal. As an example, imagine you are studying and that you have an essay due. Rather than writing a to-do list, which we will call to-do list A, that says, goal one, write essay, 
goal to get a great essay grade, try breaking the task into its smaller, more achievable activities. So in to-do list B, you may start with the goal, locate a quiet place. The second goal might be look up the required reading materials. Goal three could be write a plan of what your essay should contain. And goal four could be write one paragraph for your essay and so on. Believe me, if you try this approach, you can tick off each of the first four smaller goals on list B before you can even think of ticking off goal one on list A. The act of ticking off each of the four smaller goals will produce a constant production of dopamine and this will improve your mood, which in itself will increase your productivity and the likelihood that you'll achieve that larger goal of getting a great essay grade. It also reduces your stress and allows greater clarity of thought. And it's this kind of knowledge that I provide in my personalized mentoring. I've seen huge changes in productivity in my clients as a result of making small changes to behavior. This can be applied to many areas, including education and business, and one that I've been using a lot recently, along with other strategies to help individuals, small businesses and entrepreneurs to reach their ambitions If you'd like to know more, please visit the mentoring page of the Everyday Neuro website or go to www.everydayneuro.com.au forward slash mentoring. You can also send me a message on social media. And if you haven't already, take a look at the Everyday Neuro Facebook page and Insta account, Everyday Neuro 2018. I'm also on Twitter, but to be honest, I don't use that too much. But either way, I'd love to hear from you. So now that we know that goals are more likely achieved when the brain is being rewarded with the neurotransmitter dopamine, you may also be interested to know about another group of neural messengers called endocannabinoids that have been found to convert wishful goals into solid automatic habits. Now, I'm going to abbreviate the long name of endocannabinoid into the easy to say ECs, as I'd like to give you another example of how these type of neurotransmitters can help us to achieve our goals. It might be that you want to lose weight or improve your fitness, and to do so, you've decided that you want to do more physical activity in the form of jogging. To produce the ECs that will help convert the wishful thoughts of improving fitness into actual behavior, you need to be consistent. You can also try doing the behavior at a specific time or in a specific location, as this will make the process easier to become a habit. So perhaps you could make your jog always where possible at the same time, such as in the morning at 7 a.m. And it may be that you don't wish to jog the same route every time you do your running, but it could be as simple as having your training clothes ready to put on in the same location. The time and environment will act as cues or triggers to help make your brain ready to adopt the behavior of jogging. And the more that you keep this consistent, the more ECs are produced, thus making it easier to do. And this will help to actualize your wishful thinking into a solid behavior or a habit and your goal will be achieved. So congratulations to you. You have successfully attained a goal and as a result... Yes, you've probably guessed it. There is a flood of dopamine and that makes it even more likely that you will repeat this behavior in the future. So all round, it's a win-win situation. 
Should you want to know more about ECs, then please look at the link to the article by Christina Gremmel and colleagues in the show notes. Of course, not everyone may be ready to actualize their goals, and many of us, including me, can spend time daydreaming where our real self is quite distinct from our future or fantasy self. As explored by Gabrielle Utingen in her article, Future Thought and Behaviour Change, a link to which is in the show notes, it has been considered a negative activity to live in our daydreams. However, according to Utingen's fantasy realisation theory, if we identify the current obstacles in our life and mentally contrast these with our future self, then this might not be such a poor use of our time after all, as it creates a need to act, helping us to achieve our goals. Using functional neuroimaging, it has been found that mentally contrasting our desired self with our current self and the obstacles that currently hinder us from achieving our future goals actually taps into the cognitive abilities of working memory, episodic recall, planning and organisation, and the brain regions that are commonly associated with such abilities. Due to the multitude of thought processes involved in mental contrasting, this process is considered to represent a metacognitive strategy and research suggests that using it can have far-reaching advantages to enable positive behavioural change and goal attainment. Utingen states in her article that we can produce behaviour change ranging from management of everyday life, learning basic academic and interpersonal bargaining skills to self-discipline as well as objective school attendance and report card grades. The technique has been found to improve regular exercise and healthy eating and has even been found to reduce chronic pain. So how do you go about contrasting your current reality and identifying potential obstacles to achieving these goals? Well, listening to this podcast has hopefully helped a little bit towards knowing that it is useful to set small, specific, achievable goals rather than large, vague ambitions. It is also necessary to take a good look at your current situation and identify the positives and the negatives, viewing the latter as obstacles that need to be overcome to achieve the goals in your thoughts of the future. Another great strategy is to follow an if-then plan and achieving your goals should be a work in progress, whereby acquiring a skill rather than possessing the competency of a given goal will be much more rewarding to you and has the potential to increase the likelihood of your own success. However, I have only just scratched the surface of this topic, but I hope that some of you will be motivated to act and move further towards attaining your goals. If you've listened to this podcast episode and would like to know some more, then please contact me for a personalized mentoring session, or why not register to be part of one of the small group webinars that I offer. If you think your team or work group may benefit from learning about goal attainment strategies, then I would love to hear from you so that we can arrange a corporate workshop or an interactive information session. So that brings me to my goal for 2019, or at least one of them, which is to further my support via personalized mentoring, workshops, info sessions, and of course, doing these podcasts. And hopefully that will help to enhance understanding of how the relationship between our brain and our behavior can enhance our learning, productivity, and our well-being. So if you have a question or want to learn more, check out what's on offer at the Everyday Neuro website. That's everydayneuro.com.au. 
I hope you've really enjoyed this first episode of the Everyday Neuro podcast series for 2019. If you have, then please let others know about it as that will bring me one step closer to one of my goals for this year. So thanks in advance. And of course, don't forget, there's another 10 episodes that were recorded from 2018. So farewell. And as always, please take really good care of that wonderful brain of yours. And I hope you can join me again for another episode of the Everyday Neuro podcast series. Take care.